if there's ever a time where we needed to pull together as believers of Christ and, and unite and try to strengthen and make the world a better place, it's now. Mm-hmm. And that, that sounds like he's yeah. preaching our message. <laughs> there's one body, one church, one spirit, one hope. The realities of the faith, the realities that unify us are already there. Christ praying for unity, what should we all be praying for? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the one prayer request of Jesus. Think about it in the Bible that we actually have a say in whether or not it comes to fruition or not. I think in what God has done in you guys and in, uh, in this podcast and the, the multitude of folks that you're reaching, the diversity, whatever God intended when, he's, when you started this, he's able to bring it to completion. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Whole Church Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Joshua Knoll. Here is your other co-host, TJ Tiberius Long Blackwell. Howdy. Yeehaw. All right. And today, uh, before we do anything else, uh, we want to introduce our special guest, Carrie Roberts. So I have 12 cards here. It's our greeting cards. So we do a special segment for first time guests where I just shuffle some things and whatever we land on, you just tell me that so we can kind of get to know you a little bit better. Uh, the one I'm looking at says favorite zoo animal. So it's just kind of stuff like that. So whatever you tell me to stop, I'm going to start shuffling. And I'll just let you know what you got to tell us. Okay, stop. All right. I'm not going to do that one. Can I do my favorite zoo animal? I didn't want to do that. Something that annoys you. Oh, um, I really hate um, paper tags that the car dealership gives you. Yeah. And you have to wait until your title comes in. I just... I, I don't know what it is. Like when I get behind people with paper tags, I start counting out like how long the paper tag has been on their car. And I'm like, do people do that to my car? <laughs> so yeah, I just, I don't car. like those paper. Th- and then people know you bought a new car. And so. Yeah. That always makes you nervous too. Yeah. I, I simply avoid that. that by not buying new cars. Right. Well, definitely a conscious choice. That works. That, that's why you do it. <laughs> Specifically because of paper tags. No other reason. Yeah, of course. <laughs> All right. So um, before we go any further, we do want to take just a quick moment to review one person's response to a silly question we asked on our Facebook group recently. And it's Niles Merritt. His answer was ad targeting. Uh, the question was from last week. If you had to eliminate one major technological advancement, which one would you choose? Niall said ads targeting. So we just wanted to share that. thought that was a really good answer. And totally agree. Yeah, it's it's awful stuff. So I get that. Uh, then the last thing we do before we move on is just to ask a silly question. It's just how we always like to start the show, ease tension and all that. Today's silly question is going to be, if you had to choose a color, that was not red. Any non-red color for a fire truck, which color would you choose? And uh, as always, TJ and I'll answer first. Uh, TJ, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Yellow. That That is probably what I would have said. Yellow. Yeah. Since you said yellow, I'm going to say electric blue. But I was going to say yellow because I originally thought... Yeah, blue, because water, water puts out fire. That makes sense. But then I thought, yellow stands out better. We want fire trucks to stand out, so yellow. So, yeah, super solid answer, TJ. Thanks. Yeah, now I'm forced to go with electric blue. Um, Carrie Roberts, or Pastor Carrie, 
What? I would go with coral. Ooh, that's a really pretty color. It is, and it, and it's it can be it's like can be subtle but bright. Yeah, like somehow it's both. Yeah, it's a weird color, and I like it. That's a that's well, great tons choice. of coral on the road. That's pretty noticeable. <laughs> that that's true. <laughs> that's very true. All right. So before we move on to anything else, let's go ahead and would you mind taking a minute and sharing with everybody your testimony, Pastor Kerry? Yeah, uh, my testimony is um, like all in one. Um, I broke a girl's finger when I was in the sixth grade. And um, because I broke her finger, she told her mother that I needed Jesus. And um, these people started taking me to church every time the doors were open because I grew up in a broken home where you only heard Jesus and God and a cuss word. You didn't ever. We I mean, there was there was so much non church in our house that when vacation Bible school rolled around for this church that this family was taking me to, um, my grandma told me that I was lying, that church wasn't open Monday through Friday. And I had to explain to her that it was like this outreach program. They do it once a year, only in the summer to let me be able to go. And so this family drove me to church for five years and back and forth, took me to camp. Anytime our church did anything, um, the church paid for me to go. Um, they just were always there to take me and all because I broke her finger. I met my husband in that church. I got my first local license in that church and I still, and with that family today, um, my mom, died when I was young, five years old, and I just ended up living with her parents. And so my grandparents have passed away. So my kids' grandparents are actually the parents of the the girl I broke the finger of. Wow. That's so crazy. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've actually, I've not heard a testimony quite like that before. That's pretty awesome. It's, um, I'm trying to figure out if the little girl was telling your parents that you need Jesus because she was mad or was she like legitimately concerned that you need Jesus? She was like legitimately trying to show grace that they taught in her church. And her mom had to think about it for a little bit because, I mean, I was in sixth grade. I mean, I'm what, 13 years old. And I snap her finger to the point where she has to have like, the whole metal band, you know, them taped together, just have the x-ray, the whole nine yards. And so the mom is like, you know, what else could this girl do to other children? And so it was so complicated that the church actually had to have a discussion on how they felt for me to be in the youth room. Wow. So, um, and it was, it was a small church and like the board was, con- you know, a lot of, a lot of elderly people and, and sometimes um, small minds don't want to let like the quote unquote real bad people in. But luckily there was somebody that sat on that board that said that that's what we're here for to let the secular people find Jesus. And, and it would take years before I gave my life to the Lord. I'm, I just used the church as an outlet to get out of the, the house that I lived in and they were patient. And they still took me to church. And but I tried to be on my best behavior when I was there because I was always scared that that privilege would end and I would get 
stuck back at my house all the time. And so I tried to be on my best behavior at the church and when I was with this family. Wow. I feel like that's one of those testimonies that really speaks to the importance, not only of like youth ministries, but also, you know, just children's ministries in general, because A, you got saved through that ministry and B, that little girl knew how important grace was because of that ministry. You know, some people act like youth ministry, children's ministry is just kind of basically babysitting, but clearly that's an instance where it wasn't, right? Right. Yeah, that's awesome. So you are the host of the Dyslexic Pastor podcast. Great show for anybody who hasn't listened. You should listen to it. Um, Would you mind just kind of telling us about when you were diagnosed with that and how your life's changed since that moment? Yeah, well... I struggled all my life in in school, and I grew up in a really small rural town. And I mean, I graduated with 28 people, so small. And I was never diagnosed in the school. I was always just put out in the hall or had no recess because I just struggled getting my work done. And it wasn't until I just felt the Lord really pressing in on calling me to be a pastor that I finally um, searched to get um, a diagnosis. And I was actually on Pinterest one day pinning things about dyslexia. And I have a friend that is a PA. She texted me and asked me if I thought one of my children had dyslexia. And I just kind of sucked it up and said, no, I think I'm dyslexic. And she said, hey, my husband was actually just tested a week ago at this place in Norman. And so I called them up and made an appointment and was tested. And I was 30 years old at this point. And as soon as I got the test results back, it was pretty heartbreaking to know that this was really the reason. I mean, I kind of deep down hoped that maybe I was just lazy and the teachers were just correct and I wasn't pushing to the full potential. But come to find out I was not only dyslexic, but severely dyslexic. Um But the lady that tested me, she helped me learn what accommodations were. And from the time I was tested to probably just a month, I was enrolled in a college called Mid-America Christian University. And I spent the next four years going to that school with these things called accommodations that I had no idea existed when I was in high school. And so I was able to get my Christian ministry degree and get my district license as a pastor. And I'm still currently in school working on being ordained. Wow. Wow. So so you just, you always had it, but you never knew. Yeah. And I always knew something was different, but because of this, this, it was was a long time ago. I graduated in 2005. So the whole time I've, dyslexia they're not if you ask a teacher they're actually not even taught they're taught very little about learning disabilities unless you specialize in learning disabilities as a teacher so a lot of teachers didn't mess with it I mean if I was behind on my work they just sent me out in the hall I heard Carrie the hall is best for you today (laughs) a lot oh fascinating (laughs) and did you feel like you did better in the hallway no, I didn't no. think so. Lots of tears <laughs> fell in the hallway. A lot of times I'd be sent out there with a piece of paper, but I wouldn't have the instructions. 
And so I'd, I would press my ear up against the door to see if I could hear anything that might trigger what I was supposed to do on the paper because I legit could not read the instructions on the paper. And so it was just sometimes I would just turn in papers with tears on them because I didn't know what to do. Man, that is terrible. Yeah. And, man. yeah, I'm sorry. Before, and I know DJ has stuff he wants to move on to, but, uh, I, um, I don't know. It's really impactful to hear how this has affected you and how little people were aware and how the lack of awareness kind of negatively affected you in so many ways. Um, which is one reason we're really glad you spoke to us this month as October is the um, Dyslexia Awareness Month, right? Right. Correct. Yeah. So I'm really glad we're able to kind of talk about these issues. And maybe later on, you could tell us a little bit more of how people can see this in their children and other children. And maybe we can help more people that way. Awesome. Uh, so one thing we like to do uh, to help us get a little bit more acquainted with our guests' belief is our speed round. So basically, I'll ask you a bunch of questions, and you an- you're supposed to answer them in one sentence or less. If it takes one word, then that's that's good speed. Uh, <laughs> but if you don't think you can answer it in one sentence, then you just say pass, and we go on to the next one. Okay. All, All right. right. Yeah, and TJ's not allowed to ask follow-up questions, except for the ones that are written in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... What denomination is your church? The Church of the Nazarene. Do you believe in the Trinity? Yes. Uh, Are you more Calvinist or Arminian? Neither. Do you believe in the continuation of the gifts of the Spirit? Yes. Uh, Do you believe in continual sanctification? I would say yes with a comma, and then it's be longer than a, and then a sentence. <laughs> You're talking to a, a person that's going to school for Christian ministry, so I have a lot to say right there. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, do you believe in a literal atom? Yes. How many of the seven sacraments do you participate in? Pass. Uh, do you believe in baby baptism? Yes, but with a comma, there's like more to just baptism. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you believe in full body immersion baptism? Yes. All right. Awesome. And that's our speed round for today, folks. Thanks yeah. for listening. <laughs> I feel like the speed round is a little difficult for people who like deeply think on these things because like if you have a well thought out belief, it is one of those words like, yeah, but comma. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I love that answer. I love the yes, comma answers. Especially when you're talking to a ministry student. It's like, do you have five hours? <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I could write a 50 page essay if you'd like, but a speed round? <laughs> no, I, I get it. I do get it. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yes. Yeah, I was, I was, I had no idea that you were a part of the church of the Nazarene. Yes, that's the church that the family took me to, and that's the church I have my license in. Awesome, awesome. All right, so what else can you tell us about your church and what makes it special to you? I just love that we 
the church that I work at now is in Norman, Oklahoma, and we we really want to embrace a relationship with Christ. We really want to teach people that there's salvation and then there is a relationship, a growth, like you never stop growing. And even in 2020, um, we were just talking about the other day, 2020 has just been like the craziest year, but I can still be able to look back and say, I'm still growing in Christ, even though this isn't my favorite year. Um, that's one of my favorite parts about the Nazarene denomination, which is Wesley. And we believe in, in just that growing with Jesus and, and that's never stopping. Even when um, you're struggling to see Jesus and all his glory and, and the mercy and grace that he has for us, the church still believes in that's growth. Awesome. How long have you been a youth pastor? I have been a youth pastor, I'd say about five years between the two churches I've worked at. Wow. So in that five years, do you have like a favorite story of anything that's happened either to you or around you during your time as a youth pastor? I would say um, every time we go to camp, my hand just starts trembling as we pull up. Because you just never know what's going to happen at the the camps. I we have a lot of small churches on our our region, and they don't have youth pastors, and so they struggle to send their kids to camp. And I always just like scoop up them and be like, "Oh, I'll I'll take care of them for the week." And then a lot of times I'm just in the nurses station. I'm dunking punches. You just never know what's going to happen. But at the end of it all, I mean, you go through like all this crazy stuff. These kids break out in fights and it's just a mess. But then there's always that moment where you see those kids go down to the altar. And when you go up there and especially the ones that that aren't from my church, the ones that I'm just volunteering my time for, you, I've went up there and just tried to approach to pray for them. And they hold your hand so tight that you can just feel their heart beating and you can hear their cry for just the mercy and grace for Jesus. I mean, it's just like a wonderful, it's just amazing. And to be able to be a part of that, I am just super honored. I mean, it's even the small things. Just the other day, I took a big old bag of Bibles um, to a family that just started going to our church. Um, one of the kids mentioned that they had maybe like a children's Bible at their house and that was it. And so I went to Mardell's and bought a bunch of stuff that has changed my life that I thought that they could read and help change with their relationship with Christ, you know, and just being able to sit down on someone's couch, hand them a Bible, talk about how, like, if you have any questions, you just text or call me. I would love to have like this conversation with you. Those are like the awesome parts about being a pastor and, and a youth pastor. The 3 a.m. phone calls are here and there. <laughs> Those are good, but they uh, they can be just like my boyfriend broke up with me. I need to talk to you at 3 a.m. <laughs> and I'm here for it. I I am here for it. 
Well, praise God. Yeah, me and um, me and DJ actually met at youth camp, so we we kind of have an idea of what you're talking about with some of those moments. It's some of the best. Well, I'll, I'll just say it is the best times of my life. Pretty much all happened there, minus my wedding, which DJ was there for. So you know, might as well have been camp. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, and now it's time for a quick break. We wanted to thank all of our listeners and let you guys know all the many ways you can help us keep this show Josh, going. This, this is going to take too long. All right, so either do you think you could just, uh, I don't know, tell them all the ways they can support us in 10 seconds or less? Follow us on social media, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe to the podcast, follow us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. Every dollar counts. And join our newsletter by emailing us at thewholechurch at gmail.com. Ah, uh, so that that's a yes then. <laughs> all right, and of course, they wouldn't have to hear this break at all if they simply joined our Patreon, like you said, at patreon.com forward slash the whole church podcast. Right, and uh, let's get back to the show. All right, uh, so what can you tell us about uh, the Dyslexic Pastor podcast and why you started it? I started the Dyslexic Pastor podcast so I could reach people like me. I run into people that talk about having a learning disability or being dyslexic and they'll say things like, I wish I could read the Bible. I wish I knew more about Jesus, but I just struggle to read Facebook posts. And I thought, can I mix dyslexia and, and Jesus? And so I was just like, I'm just going to give it a try. And I'm going to talk about the things that have helped me with dyslexia, be able to how I went through school and got a Christian ministry degree. And there's like all these small things that just help me, whether I, I use like a mechanical pencil compared to a pen or using my iPhone to spell all these words that I don't know or finding people that don't judge you on how bad you write your papers and they go in and help you fix them and explain. But in the podcast, I'm in the first episode, I'm like, I love to talk, and I also love to talk about Jesus. So he's going to come out during the whole time I'm going to talk. And so I've gotten some messages on Facebook Messenger where people are like, I'm not religious whatsoever, but I need the dyslexic advice. So I listen to the Jesus parts just to get to the dyslexic advice. And I'm like, that's awesome. The, the dyslexic advice is always going to be there, but so is the fact that I love Jesus. So, so far, it seems to be working, I guess. I'm enjoying doing it. That is really awesome. Uh, so what's the most interesting thing you've learned on your show so far? I have learned. Um, I really thought it was going to be weird to sit behind a microphone alone in a room and talk to myself, but I actually am very surprised on how much I educate myself on the Bible, on growing with Jesus when I'm just by myself and talking to whoever's listening. Um, I talk about how I want to be a life learner and I'm literally learning as I go. I mean, it's just like a, a mixture of everything I'm trying to do in the podcast is like also happening in the room that I'm making the podcast. So <laughs> I think that's really cool. Cause I, I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought I was just going to write down an outline of how I was going to do it. And then I was going to walk away from whatever I recorded. And I already knew those things, but as I'm recording that 
sometimes I'm getting ideas for things that I'm like, I need to research that because I don't know anything about it, but I just discovered I'd love to know about it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, before I move on to anything else, I, I just wanted to give you an opportunity. Is there anything you would like to say to just everyone about, you know, whether or not there are good ways to tell if you or someone you know might have dyslexia or whether there's just a good way to reach into for Christians, how we should behave towards people facing struggles like this. If there's just anything else you wanted to add. Yeah. Just always remember grace. I mean, um, especially in the church world where a lot of people love theology. I know I, I struggle with, the theology part because I'm dyslexic and when I get grace from people that are like these theologians, you know, um, that's, that's just the best part is when they recognize that I'm not going to be able to say that giant word. I probably don't know what the $12 word means. There's grace and there's like being able to explain it and helping those learn. Um, knowing that you're dyslexic is, is, is a struggle because people can just be late to the game, you know, and, and learn how to read later. But there's some clear, I mean, I, I write the letters backwards and do the words backwards, but it's so much more than that. I mean, it's literally what I read takes a longer time frame to get to the back of my brain to come back to the frontal lobe for me to be able to say it out loud. So by the time it gets to the frontal lobe, I've gotten it all confused. And so that's kind of a clear idea of when you're struggling with dyslexia. Uh, so if you don't mind me asking, uh, I know a few people with dyslexia who get their lefts and rights mixed up. Uh, does that happen to you ever? Yes, it does. Um, I am married, so I always know where the left is because <laughs> I have a wedding yeah. ring. That's a good hack. That's That's a good way to keep track. Uh, my friends have noticed that I have a friend that says if she's riding with me in the car and the uh, GPS or she just tells me to take a left, she's like, I see your thumb tap your wedding ring under, underneath your hand. So and it's just an automatic reflex just for my whole life getting left and right confused. So. Again, I know we're we're just asking some some kind of personal stuff, but how how old did you say you were when you found out that it was dyslexia? Thirty years old. I actually found out on my birthday. So they tested me, and the adult test takes anywhere from three to four hours, and so they can't give me the results right away. It takes the psychologist days to do to get the results and do all this paperwork. And they called me and said. Oh, we have your results. The only day we have open is September 10th. And I was like, no, that's my birthday. I'm turning 30 that day. And they were like, well, then you'll have to wait two weeks. And so I was like, okay, I'll be there. And so it was, it was like gut wrenching, um, to sit there on my 30th birthday. It honestly, it was gut wrenching to have the test done because it's an adult, a psychologist adult sitting across from you and you have to do all these reading exercises and all this stuff. And I almost teared up just taking the test because it, it can be awkward for an adult 
to sit in front of another adult and them judge you on how you're totally just screwing this paragraph up. So I promise I'm going to move on after this. I just, uh, sorry. No, you're fine. It's fine. genuinely just curious about this stuff. Um, Just to kind of give me a better idea of what's going on with your head with this kind of stuff. If you today were able to talk to you, I don't know, let's say as, you know, high school or a college student or, you you know, whatever, whenever you're finishing up education, let's say high school, if you were to talk to your high school self, what would what would you say? Like, would would you want to know that you had dyslexia earlier? Would you tell yourself any hacks? Is there how would you interact with no. high school Gary? I would want to know. I, I would have wanted to know. Um, I mean, I would I would just tell her like it's gonna get better. It, high school was so bad um, for me just because the home I lived in. But then with the dyslexia, it was just. I mean. I was scared all the time I wasn't going to graduate. I mean, I barely, by the skin of my teeth, graduated. And it was because I cheated constantly. I mean, I had a job, and so I was paying people to do my papers. I would pay people to take notes or to take a test that I would be taking later that day, and they would hide it inside the classroom. And so I would pull a book out of the bookshelf and then would be their notes or like the answers to the test and I would pull it out and then leave money. That is definitely one way to do it. Yeah. It's not the right way, but I mean, <laughs> no. I, I had to graduate. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh no. I was just, I mean, I, I look back and think that it's just terrible and I hope that other people aren't having to struggle. And that's why I'm happy. So excited about the podcast and being on this podcast. Like the more awareness there is, the better things can be for people. They're trying to um, get some things together. So teachers will actually have to take a course. Uh, People that are going through school to be a teacher, there's to be a course on learning disabilities instead of just courses on people that want to specialize in learning disabilities. And that way, everybody has an eye to see if a child is just like behind or like literally like this is a problem and we need to get them help now. Cause the sooner you're able to tutoring is really the best because dyslexia is never going to go away. But the more we have where we have people that can sit down and show us grace and be able like, this is how we sound this out. Cause phonics is one of the hardest things for dyslexia. Being able to sound out like sight words, you can just forget it if you don't have a tutor and you're dyslexic and you don't know it. Th- those those children are not going to learn sight words. So, sorry, I lied. <laughs> one 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 more. Um, did you did high school you like you you said you knew something was wrong. What what did did you have any idea of what you thought was going on during all of that, or did you just know something was wrong and just didn't really think about it or it was a struggle to know because I was really just told by a bunch of teachers that I was lazy I did have a few teachers that gave me extra time after school I was put in special ed but there it wasn't um, what people with dyslexia need because it was just my paper like 
I was in the 12th grade, but they would be maybe giving me seventh grade work instead of working with me on how to do the 12th grade work. And so, I mean, I clearly knew something was wrong with me, but I didn't even know what dyslexia was until till later in my adult life. Um, I heard people joke about it, you know, like, oh, I went the wrong way because I'm dyslexic and like laugh about it. And I never understood that it was like a full on learning disability that had more to do with like left and right and sixes and nines, you know. Wow. All right. Well, that, that being said, everybody, please, you know, this month, since it's Dyslexia Awareness Month, Take some time, binge watch the Dyslexic Pastor podcast or listen to the Dyslexic Pastor podcast. Really great stuff. Um, thank you for sharing so much about that with us. Um, I still have so many more questions, but you address a lot of them in your show. So I just need to keep listening. And <laughs> I would love to be back. I would love to be back. I would love to have you back. And hopefully some of our people will go over there and check that out. But um, so there, there's one thing we always like to ask our guests. And that is, if you had to give everyone listening just a single tangible action, something someone could stop right now and just go do, that would help bring or help uh, maintain the unity in the church or foster unity in the church, um, what one action would you tell people to do? I would tell people to help carry other people's burdens. Everybody has three minutes of time to give. And to give three minutes not to say anything, but to listen to what somebody else is going through and then just hold that secret and not tell them what you're going through. But three minutes to listen and help carry that burden, because the Bible calls us to carry the burdens of our brothers and sisters, especially in 2020. I mean, come on, everybody is is struggling. And if we could just give three minutes of our time to another person and pray for them. And then call it good. I think yeah. that would help a lot because we're all carrying a lot of stress for 2020. Well, that's something super tangible, right? Like they could pause this episode, call someone who God laid on their heart right now and say, hey, what's going on in your life? And just just listen for three minutes. Right. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. So what would we see happen in the church and the world if everyone did that? If everyone started doing that, I think we would see some growth. I think people would be able to realize what other people were going through and be able to pray for that person. And then therefore they would be growing in their time with Jesus. Uh All right. Uh, So that does it today for our main, you know, questions for the podcast Uh, thank you so much for giving us your time Uh, and we like to start our outro with our god moment segment Uh, we each share just a moment in our lives from today yesterday the day before just any time in the past really or the future if you know if god lays (laughs) that on your heart i don't know uh but we just share a moment in our lives where we saw god and uh, i like to make josh go first yeah, that's one of his favorite things to do. Um, so last week, I think it was, my the top of my left foot started hurting really bad while I was at work. And I thought, you know, I'd record a podcast because it happened on Tuesday at first, sleep it off and it'd be fine. 
it continued to hurt the next two or three days. But, which uh, TJ thinks it might be tendonitis. But while I was working, I got to where I would just pray and ask God and be like, hey, um, just give me a little bit more strength. Just let me do this next thing, right? And continuously, every time I prayed, it would feel better, long enough for me to do whatever that next thing was. And uh, it's always nice to just kind of be reminded that God will provide what you need each moment. Doesn't mean you won't need again, but God will provide. Yeah, so that's mine. So, for my God moment, uh, I think, so last week, I think it was, this, you know, in the past seven days, my friend Topher and I went to Olive Garden, nice okay. place, and uh, usually we go after work on a Saturday, uh, you know, every other weekend after payday, whatever, and uh, I always wear the same mask everywhere and the same hat after work because I don't like the Chipotle hat that much. But uh so Topher and I walk in and we get seated and on our way to our table, uh the manager runs up and he was like, Hey, hey, weren't you guys here like a week ago or two weeks and we were like, Oh yeah, we come in here every once in a while. He's like, Oh okay, cool. I thought so because you know, I see that hat and that mask a lot. And it made me realize that like the way you present yourself in the world, people notice. So if you present yourself as a godly person, just outwardly, people will notice that, and it could have an effect on their lives. Amen. That was really good. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, Katie, did you have? Sorry, Carrie. Carrie. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, did you have um anything God's been doing with you recently that you'd like to share? Yeah, I would actually just go back to that um, story I was talking about with the Bibles, mostly just because it's been just weighing on my um, weighing on my mind and my heart. Um, when I took those Bibles into that house, I mean, the smiles on the kids, you know, it's just it's I'm just it just reminds me of how honored I am to just be a part of like the small things. Um when you work in a, a, the church I work in is somewhat of a big church compared to around here in Oklahoma. So, um, and sometimes I forget about the small things and just on my way, leaving out of town to just swing by somebody's house, drop off a Bible and then get a text message, even though they, they thanked me when I was there, then they thanked me again, you know, in a text message and just to be able to think about a, a brand new Bible being cracked open by a brand new Christian is awesome. And I'm, I'm just always like, thanks God for allowing me to be a part of that, to be able to, to see that, especially coming from, from a person that didn't know what Jesus was. I mean, I thought it was part of a cuss word when I was younger and that family that took me from church, took me to church and, you know, suffered through the medical bill that I caused their daughter bought me a brand new Bible years and years ago when I was about 15 years old. And I'll, I still have it today. And I remember just opening it up and reading, even though didn't fully understand what I was reading yet, but there was just this moment where you're opening your Bible that because someone else loves God, they, 
you're able to find out God's love. I just think it's cool. And like, I'm on the other side of that now, you know, it's just, yeah. it's crazy. Man, praise God. Praise God. Yeah, it, it reminds me of, um, I think it's Zechariah four, one of my favorite verses. I think it's in there where, um, it's the angel of the Lord kind of sardonically asks, um, who is it who despises the day of small things where it's like, you know, it's kind of saying, no, 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 you do not get to despise small things. Small things are important. That's yeah. it right there. Yeah. Amen. Uh, so, some future guests we're going to have on the podcast. We have uh, Tyler Smith, the author of Surgeon for Seven. Now we have Pastor Alan Rhodes, uh, Andrew Croft of the World Watch Weekly podcast, uh, Carrie Roberts, episode two, uh, you know, sometime <laughs> out there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, of course, at the end of season one, uh, we are going to have Francis Chan. Wow. Mm-hmm. Do you know? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, one day. Yeah. Hey, that is that is so exciting. The <laughs> Crazy Love book that that changed my life. That book, that book is what helped me learn about a relationship with Christ instead of the brimstone and fire approach. <laughs> yeah, I love I love that one. Erasing Hell and for, uh, Forgotten God, all great books. Yeah. He's just and he's I like I like to pretend that I read Francis Chan books. Yeah, it's one of DJ's favorite pastimes. Hey, secret, I don't read them. I listen to them on audio because I'm dyslexic. So that makes sense. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> all right. Well, guys, thank you all, everybody, for listening so far. If you want to hear uh, Pastor Gary summarize this podcast in 10 seconds or less, you'll have to head on over to our Patreon. Thanks for listening.